Hey, my friend, it's Julie Clough here, your life and grief coach. Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast. I'm grateful to be here with you today to sit in this space and be. Be in the grief and be in the healing. To create space for peace and to share hope for rebuilding your life one small step at a time. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to episode 163. Be kind. (laughs) I uh, took a little bit of a risk naming this podcast episode Be Kind. I know it's not a very sexy name. (laughs) And you may feel a little called out by that title. I don't know. But I want to talk about kindness today and how that applies to grief. So we're going to, we're going to talk about all that today, but thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Even if the title wasn't sexy, (laughs) we have moved. As I told you in uh, June, I took the month of July off to move. We got into our house just slightly over two weeks ago, and I've been trying to get organized And if you looked at my office right now, you would say you're not very organized yet. (laughs) And you would be right. I am looking still at a lot of boxes, even though we have unpacked a ton of stuff and actually feel relatively settled, still trying to get some pieces of the house in order. It takes so much time and effort to move, doesn't it? Have you moved recently? or at all in the last 10 years or 20 years that you can remember the challenges of that. And frankly, I feel like it's, as moves go, I feel pretty good to be as settled as I am after two weeks. And like most moves across the country, like most things in life, it's been a mixed bag of good and bad. Some things have gone better than expected. Some things went far worse than expected. Let's start with far worse. Our movers were a disaster, unfortunately. And they packed most of our things, including computers, in large wardrobe boxes. If you're familiar with large wardrobe boxes, they're, what, four feet tall by three feet three feet, three feet square, and then four feet tall. So huge boxes. And they just basically threw everything in these big boxes like it was trash. And unbelievable, the things that they, just everything was thrown in these huge boxes, including our computers, unwrapped, uncushioned. It was like every hundredth thing had a little bit of paper around it. I'm grateful for the things that survived. A lot of things didn't survive. Let me just give you a couple of examples. Only one out of our three TVs survived. And we haven't even plugged in our computers yet. I'm using my laptop. I bought a couple of things to make it easier to use my laptop in the interim including a laptop stand and a little uh, Bluetooth keyboard and mouse. I brought my microphone with me, thank goodness. 
who knows if I would have found it or if it would have survived. But uh, we haven't found the cords for our computers. We we have them. We don't know if they work. Um, like I said, a lot of things are broken. A lot of things aren't working. It's shocking the things that did make it. Um, but all is well. We are here. We're safe. We're sound. Now, the things that went better than expected, that list is really, really long. It really is fascinating to look back on the last two months and to see, I guess it's been three months now. It was the beginning of May when we made the decision to move to Nashville. And then by May, on May 12th, actually, our house went on the market uh, in Utah, went on the market on my birthday, May 12th, while we were traveling. And that weekend we sold our house. Three weeks later, we came out to Nashville, found a house in less than 24 hours, which is incredible. And if you know my husband and I, especially because we so often do not see house buying the same. And we frequently in our moves have been on completely different pages when it comes to buying a house. And in this case, we came out to Nashville, we looked around and in less than 24 hours, we found a house that we both really liked and put an offer on it. And in less than 24 hours, we were under contract on that house. And that is the house that we moved in two weeks ago. So I moved out of my house on June 18th and spent a month going from, I was in Florida visiting family. Uh, Part of that time I was at my daughter's house in Florida. And then we came back to Utah. We spent a long weekend with our son who lives there. And then we moved out to Nashville I spent the first weekend at my sister's house, and then we spent a couple of weeks at my daughter's house who had just moved in just a couple of weeks before. Um, They've been in their house for about six weeks now, so I guess they've been in their house for almost a month. But They're doing a lot of work on the house, and so we were excited to get into our place and to have our things delivered and to sleep in our own bed, so that's been really fun. But it has been amazing to watch the miracles that have happened in this move and just the way that it's all come to be. And today, as I'm looking at the date, I'm recording this actually the day it goes live. Uh, It's taken me a minute to get organized here. So it's August 2nd today, which was is three months from the date that we decided we were moving. I cannot believe it's been three months. It feels like it's been 12 years and it feels like it's been 12 days. <laughs> so a lot has happened. Uh, today, Be Kind is all about a quote from Wayne Dyer and words from Alan Wolfett in his book, Grief, One Day at a Time. And the quote from Wayne Dyer, he says, the more you extend kindness to yourself, the more it will become your automatic response to others. I love that so much. I really, really believe that. I have seen that happen in my life. 
that the more that I extend kindness to myself, the more I am able to extend kindness to others. And I have certainly seen that. Now, these are the words from Alan Wolfett. He said, at no time do we need to be kinder to ourselves than when we are grieving. Many of us aren't good at self-care though. So it's a practice we have to recommit to each and every day. The bonus for our friends, family, and the world at large is that when we're kind to ourselves, we get better at responding with kindness to others. Kindness is catchy that way. Oh, there's so much to understand and to look at from these words. And I, when I looked at it, I saw three pieces. The first phrase of Alan Wolfett's quote is, at no time do we need to be kinder to ourselves than when we are grieving. How, what does that look like? Well, for me, when I think about extending kindness to myself when I was grieving, I think of acknowledging where you're at, acknowledging that it's painful to grieve, acknowledging that it's painful, that it's difficult, and that moving through painful, difficult periods in life require us to slow down and allow what is. Observe yourself as if you are a kind friend. Observe yourself as a kind friend would observe you. A kind friend would acknowledge your pain and your hurt. That's a place for you to begin is to acknowledge your pain and your hurt. And a kind friend would give you permission to be exactly where you are, that you don't have to move through it quickly, that you don't need to get over it, that you're bad for being where you are, or they would acknowledge that what you're going through is difficult and that it's okay to be right where you are. It's okay to be right where you are. It's okay to feel the pain, acknowledge the pain. So the second part of his quote, he talks about self-care. Many of us aren't good at self-care though. So it's a practice we have to recommit to each and every day. I did a whole episode, episode 71 on self-care. And you may want to go back and listen to that. But self-care during grief will probably look like more rest, more time for feeling, more of what I called white space. I needed a lot of white space in my days and my weeks when I was grieving. And what I meant by white space was just this space to be. I I couldn't crowd my days with a lot of activities. If I had one appointment in a day, that was about all I could handle in the day. I needed a lot of white space to just be, to allow whatever came up to come up. If I overfilled my days, then I found myself feeling really crowded and not having the space for rest and feeling and for 
being where I was. Remember, you are not a machine. Do not treat yourself as a machine. But then that makes me think of Stephen Covey's story about sharpening the saw. And if you remember this story, come across a person sawing wood and he's using this saw that is dull. And so he's, you know, trying to saw through logs and not making a lot of progress because this saw is so dull. And as the story goes, it's remembering that taking the time to take care of the saw, we make a lot more progress than if we just keep working and sighing and sighing. And so the the idea of this story is that we take the time to take care of ourselves. If we think of ourselves as the saw, we take time to take care of ourselves so that we can be more effective in our days. And what that looks like in grief sometimes is scheduling our days so that there's a lot of white space. If you're working, maybe that's all you do in a day is you go to work and you come home and you rest and you allow the white space and you allow time for healing and for feeling. So the third thing that he said is how our kindness to ourselves relates to kindness to others. He says the bonus for our friends, family, and the world at large is that when we're kind to ourselves, we get better at responding with kindness to others. Kindness is catchy that way. When we are kind to ourselves, we are so much more patient and kind to others. It is a an added bonus, as he said, to being kind to ourselves is really we are learning to be kind to others. It's an unusual thing because I think sometimes we think, sometimes we give, 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 give to others. Some people are in the habit of really giving, giving, giving to others and never extend that same kindness to themselves. And so the the kindness that they're extending to others sometimes can be filled with a little resentment, bad feelings, because they're extending themselves from a place of maybe not feeling very good about themselves. So as we extend kindness to ourselves, we're better able to extend kindness to others. I really invite you to experiment with this idea. I'm finding it difficult to articulate but I have surely seen this in my own life over and over again, that as I learned to take better care of myself, doesn't mean I'm taking care of myself all day long. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. It's taking those pieces, starting my day. For example, this morning, I started my day by listening to a couple of songs that fueled my soul by listening to scripture that fueled me and then by listening to a short um, lesson from someone that I follow that I admire and who gives good advice. 
So I listened to a little bit of that. So in about 30 to 40 minutes, I fueled myself for the day. Those are some of the things I started my day with in order to, that was a way of showing kindness to myself. That was a way of sharpening the saw. I didn't spend all day doing that. And of course, I'm not in a place of grieving um, a, a really, really tough thing. So the way that I take care of myself, it may look different than the way that you take care of yourself at this time when you're experiencing grief. So as I thought about being kind, I really looked at what was happening in our world. And I really thought about why is the world so full of unkindness? And I could probably spend a full episode talking about my thoughts on why the world is so full of unkindness. And the first thing to remember is that the the unkindness gets front page. The unkindness gets the evening news. The unfairness, the unkindness in life gets a lot of attention. So do I really feel like the world is is just full of unkindness? Yes and no. There is a lot of unkindness going on and we see that the level of frustration in society has risen to a new level since the pandemic, since the shutdown. The mental health has taken a toll and so we see things like fights breaking out at the airport that we didn't see in the past. We see things like fights breaking out at amusement parks. There's another fight at a big amusement park just a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was a month ago. Big fight with a lot of people. Um, we see more of that because people are allowing frustration to build within them. They are not showing kindness for themselves. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of shame that is as people and as communities, we see a lot of shame throwing. And what shame is when we see that in ourselves personally, you can notice shame, especially in grief phrases like I should be doing better than I am. Those those are shame statements. Shame says, I am bad. Guilt, on the other hand, is a little different story. And I, I talk about, well, I talked about some of these things recently in my grief coach training that I have a new group going through grief coach training, which I'm there. What a lovely group. So excited about these coaches and what they're learning. Uh, we'll have a new group starting in September. But guilt has hope because guilt acknowledges that, yeah, maybe I did something wrong, but that doesn't mean I'm bad. I did something bad, but that doesn't mean I'm bad. Maybe I did something bad, but it wasn't intentional. Maybe I have misplaced guilt. So there's these nuances to guilt too. But in guilt, there's a pathway. There's a pathway through from guilt to resolution where shame it wrongly believes that I am bad because something bad happened. That may, means I'm bad. So there's a, a lot, 
lot of unkindness in the world and we see the frustration of others and we see how that's spilling onto others. And I know when I was grieving because my frustration level and because my levels of feelings that were hard and tough to handle was so high in my being that it didn't take much for someone to trigger that well of difficulty and for me to react with unkindness, which I didn't like because it's not who I am and it's not who you are. So if you find yourself every once in a while having your hard feelings just kind of spilling over into harsh words to others or um, unkind feelings or thoughts, it's because you have this these difficult feelings that you're working through that are getting triggered. So as you allow yourself kindness to yourself, allow the white space, which is a space of healing. Grieving is a space of healing. As you're letting go, as you're expressing your grief, you are slowly but surely releasing the grief, releasing the pain. So be kind to yourself. Practice self-care. And the added bonus is it will allow you and give you greater ability to be kind to others. All right. Thanks for being here. I hope I'll see you in the True Hope Club as well. In July, we talked all about rebuilding joy because it's a muscle that has to be rebuilt. And this month, August, we talked about forgiveness. Our our workshop was all about forgiveness, not only forgiving others, but forgiving ourselves, what that looks like, what it is, what it isn't, all the things having to do with forgiveness. That will be, that's what we're talking about in August. And if you join today, you'll have access to all of the workshops that we've done since January. So come in, join us today, and we'll see you in the True Hope Club at buildalifeafterloss.com. And I hope you have a beautiful week. Remember, I believe in you. Love you. Bye.